This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I'm Tia, your host for this special edition mini-sode. We asked our amazing listeners to make donations in support of the protests calling for racial justice. And a huge thanks to our favorite person on the show, Danny Martinez, for commissioning this mini-sode on Batman-splaining. And I am joined by the lovely Kara. Hello, Kara. How are you? Hello, Tia. I am so excited for some Batman-splaining. <laughs> well, I'll let you get right into it. All right. So so let's let's orient our listeners, Tia. What's like your range of bat knowledge? Are you a bat fan? <laughs> I am not. Uh, I do not read. I have read Batman comics here and there, but I am by and large not a Batman reader. I have seen and loved i mean let's be honest the uh batman movies from like the late 80s early 90s so the like burton one is my favorite obviously with with catwoman you know (laughs) but like and even even the like you know neon raver 1990s nightmare with Jim Carrey as Riddler like even that one I have a certain fondness for (laughs) (laughs) but that is I I I don't even know if I've seen like the more recent Batman movies like I know about them because they're around Christian Bale voice yeah so I don't know okay um so while you were watching these um like pop culture things whatever i was watching batman the animated series which had like real comic adjacent storylines to you now i just i mean do you even have a favorite robin tia (laughs) which robin Um, is your favorite robin what's the little kid who gets stabbed what (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Is the one like a little kid Robin who gets stabbed? The little okay, 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 <laughs> person who knows nothing about Batman. Let's let's rewind. So, Batman. Um, for the five of you who listen to this who don't have knowledge of the Batverse yet, wow. Bruce, Bruce Wayne is um a rich billionaire playboy philanthropist who decides to dress up as a bat and spend his nights fighting crime he sounds so well adjusted so well adjusted um his parents were murdered before his eyes as a child and they remind you of this almost constantly in the comic books Um, i know about that from the movies uh uh-huh they they return to that one a lot um the psychologists i'm sure have speculated about the about why a grown man would dress as a bat and fight crime and also continuously adopt children and put them in danger as his sidekick (laughs) which are the robins the first one was uh dick grayson who was a circus performer who also saw his parents die in front of him at a young age and bruce did they meet at a support group (laughs) bruce saw the death and said that child is me i will fight him (laughs) in my image wow and and, like how do you not know this tia this is knowledge i am a fake geek girl obviously (laughs) so dick grayson actually had a character arc grew up to be a character called nightwing who still 
like kowtows oh, the butt to guy the butt guy and he kowtows to batman <laughs> in all things except for the part where batman like died slash time traveled and then dick grayson became batman and everyone was like oh it's a big deal that dick grayson is finally batman but the second bruce wayne showed back up he wasn't batman anymore um the second robin was jason todd who is the angry one with issues and he's the one that died be at the hands of the joker because dc had a phone hotline promo that said call this number if you want jason to live call this no. and one dude hated jason todd so much as a robin that he had like an auto dial on his rotor phone that dialed the kill him number like literally thousands what? of times comic book nerds what is wrong with you so jason died and it scarred batman for life um oh he met he He's met like, he met jason scars he he met jason because jason was st- trying to steal the wheels off the batmobile fuck uh, yes <laughs> then batman got grumpy and sad for a while because he didn't have a child to run around after him being the light to the darkness or whatever um until tim drake my favorite robin because i have this opinion <laughs> <laughs> Tim Drake is a little nerd who decides to out detect Batman and figure out who Batman is. Where hun- I'm sure hundreds of professional grown-ups have failed. The teenage <laughs> Tim Drake figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman and convinces him that he needs a Robin. He needs a Robin. Um around this time Tim- so Tim became Robin and then Tim was sort of not sort of dating this girl whose dad was a mob boss. And so the girl named herself Spoiler because she was trying to like mess with her dad's empire. Oh and my some- God. <laughs> something happened to Tim. And then so Stephanie, the girlfriend, took over Robin for a while. So if you ever see like the blonde girl Robin, that's Stephanie. Um, and then uh, and then the most recent Robin it is Damian Wayne because Batman got an enemy lady pregnant and then Damian Batman, Wayne Batman, come on. And, 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 and so Damian, his son, was secretly raised by a cult of assassin ninjas for the first like 10 years of his life. And then his mom was like, maybe I don't want my kid to be a murderer. Um, let me send him to live with dad. <laughs> so- who, who wrote that? <laughs> um who who is responsible for this (laughs) um there are no like uh i i haven't read dc comics in a while so i'm aware that there's a we are robin concept where they finally like let a black kid be robin instead of yet another white kid with blue eyes and black hair because apparently there's a robin aesthetic that you must (laughs) oh boy Um, i don't know anything about that because uh i think you will agree that the rest of it is quite enough to keep up with to begin with this is not including all of the girls who have been bat girl or all the other bat adjacent characters um anyways so uh the the thing is that this is the kind of um this is the cut my which Robin is your favorite question is the kind of gross gatekeepy question that um, can be used for good or evil, but people tend to use it for evil. So for example, um, if 
like we started this conversation by me saying, Tia, what do you know about Batman? And that would give me like a baseline for your knowledge so that I could choose to have a conversation with you about it or not based on what I knew you already know. But by me introducing the question of who's your favorite Robin, knowing that there's no possible way you could know that information since you told me you don't (laughs) read the comics. That makes me the dick in this conversation. Not the Dick Grayson Robin. Like, (laughs) like you're being a jerk. Because um, I chose to lord my knowledge over you instead of including you in the conversation. So, um, this And you know, I think it's like, yeah, like, you know, if someone says... I don't know who my favorite Robin is. Tell me about the Robins. That is a different scenario. You can you can lord your knowledge over someone who asks for it. Like I actually and it's funny because, you know, there is a fine line between the Batman splaining and the I don't know, Batman being a delightful font of bat knowledge. <laughs> and I, I, I have many times in my life sat down with my super hardcore comic nerd man friends and said, tell me about Wolverine or the X-Men or like, you know, because I honestly don't have the time. Like, I don't have the time. I'm not going to read it. Just <laughs> and I love spoilers. So like, have at it. But you have to wait to be asked, my dudes. It's dick picks, like Dick Grayson picks. Do not send someone a Dick Grayson pick without being asked. I mean, but like, what if it's his butt though? Like, he's got a nice butt to you. Explain, okay, like, tell me how the butt thing happened. Is it a Gail Simone thing? Because I feel like this has Gail Simone's hands all over it. Gail, take your hands off of his butt. No. <laughs> okay, so, um, Basically, in like, I think, late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, people started noticing that Dick Grayson had a great butt because like his whole costume is spandex in a way that usually is like relegated to the um, female costumes. Like, I feel like male costumes are not always just like, here's your spandex and that's it. But Dick Grayson, it's like, here's your spandex. Also, you're a circus acrobat, so you've got a lot of muscles. And people, and I forget which artist started this, but like, you know, some of the artists would start drawing him with like the pose that you normally see the girls have on the posters for the superhero movies, where it's like, we're looking at your butt, but you're looking over your shoulder. So we see like your face in profile, but we're really just looking at your butt. And so Nightwing slash Dick Grayson became like the one example of a male superhero character that was like sexualized. Like Hmm. so many, like it, it feels like so many of the female characters in superhero comics, like in general exist to be sexualized and to be drawn into poses where you are looking at their butt or their boobs and the male characters that don't really have that equivalent except for dick grayson so that's kind of why um people tend to latch onto nightwing as like the hot one because he's the only one who's really portrayed as being hot if that makes sense so who are when he is around who are the woman characters does he like deflect some of the that off of them well um 
I'm trying to think of a female character in the Bat universe that is not, like, sexualized at some point or another. And the only response I have for you of a non-sexualized female character is Dr. Leslie Tompkins, who's like a mother figure slash doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also kind of old. problematic because that's the other trope that women get to play in these things. You know, I will say I so the one Batman situation that I read w- eagerly and uh, excitedly and to uh, completion this is start- starting to sound like a totally different conversation <laughs> uh, is when uh, the recent one with Joelle Jones wh- where he married was going to marry Catwoman. And I was just like, oh, my God. I love the drama. I love the. I love it. Like, give me Batman rom com. Like, that is what I'm here for. Catwoman also, jo- is Joelle Jones is amazing. Oh yeah, um, Catwoman is far and away my favorite part of the entire Bat universe. Um, she, uh, like the the number of times there has been like a will they won't they with Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. but she's. Um, I have read so many Catwoman comics. She's gone through so many costume changes um, and like iterations of who she is. But uh, I mean, you do continuously with her come back to the whole like she is wearing skin tight leather. And I just keep flashing back to that one gross comic from when DC like rebooted their entire universe and were reintroducing batman and catwoman and like the end of the cat first issue of the catwoman book was her like boning batman on a rooftop and i was like okay i get it but also um are you really in reintroducing this female character in the context of being sexually available to a man like really could you imagine how gross someone would be after like doing all their like flippy crime that catwoman was probably up to in in like a leather suit how like gross and sweaty she would be peeling that shit off on a so rooftop gross. oh no they were fully clothed so then you have the question of how, how do you get into it <laughs> i mean frankly batman's outfit too like oh you're like full-on rubber body gear i'm sure you're like very i don't know maybe because he's so rich he has some kind of system like like in the <laughs> spider-man suit where tom holland like had the cooling was that tom holland I I remember there was like in one of the Marvel movies, maybe it was the Winter Soldier. I don't know. Someone had like a cooling system inside of the suit. Maybe it it was was Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember now. But anyway, maybe Batman has like a cooling system in his suit. (laughs) Batman explain that, nerds. (laughs) I'm just now picturing like he's got like because because his his little like like tidy whitey panty section is like it has to be it has to be some kind of kevlar or else that's an easy target like he makes it a target by distinguishing it from the rest of the suit also maybe there's like that is an interesting whole other topic we could talk about (laughs) like is there a bat flap where he like dresses a coat and like then he can pee or have sex with catwoman on a rooftop like i I mean I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so many questions. Listen, Batman Splainers, we're, these are the real questions we need to get to the bottom of. Okay, <laughs> no one cares about who your favorite Robin is. <laughs> Just tell me how Batman has sex fully clothed on a rooftop. <laughs> oh, but oh I never. You I know never what? There's got to. 
no, no, but actually, like, here, here's the thing, because there is a fan fiction about this that explains it in detail, I guarantee you. And that really gets to the heart of the, the difference between what I'm going to say masculine coded and feminine coded methods of engaging with fandom tend to be. And I'm saying that because obviously something that is coded masculine or feminine doesn't mean that everyone who identifies that way does that. It's just like the way the thing is perceived and situated within the larger culture. So with that caveat, masculine coded engagement with fandom tends to be very connoisseurial, like what Kara was doing with all of her like knowledge about the, uh, the canon. Yeah. Yes. Whereas feminine coded engagement with fandom tends to be more transformative. Things like fan fiction and cosplay, where they're sort of making it their own. And um, academics who study this say that, that part of the reason for that is because um, pe- feminine or queer identified people don't see themselves represented as much. So they are sort of like making it their own with these transformative ways of engagement. And um, I could tell you, I have read a lot of fanfic. Hell, I've even wrote fanfiction where I'm like, hmm, hmm, how does that costume get put together? Like, how does it function? Or when I was trying to build my Angela cosplay, the like, actually, um, in the other mini-sode that was commissioned um, from the uh, fundraiser that we did where I talk with Stephanie Hans, we actually talk about this a little bit. Like, how does Angela's boots even work? How do you have metal over the knee boots? That's not even a thing. <laughs> I had to freaking figure out how to build those. It was not easy. <laughs> so, Yes. How does Batman pee in his bat suit? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm so glad you brought up fan fiction because I was thinking about this before we started recording this episode. Um, one of the fan fictions that I read that like sticks in my brain, even though I haven't read it in like years, um, is a fan fiction that does like a what if uh Batman and the Joker started getting romantically and sexually involved. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. sure. Because, you know, they have this whole, like, okay, so so the Joker was not, like, Batman's arch nemesis until actually around the time of those movies that you said that you saw, because um, Alan Moore did The Killing Joke, uh, Grant Morrison did Arkham Asylum, Serious House on Serious Earth, and, and books like that really kind of solidified this idea of the Joker being um, like a warped parallel to Batman, or like where Batman could go if he was, like, if he just went off the deep end and started killing people instead of trying to help them. Um, and the Joker really just like kept in these works and then all subsequent works kept prodding at Batman as like, you're so like me, you're so like me. And I remember thinking, huh? Um, when do they fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Kara. But I'm not the only one who thought that because there's so much fan fiction. And one of the fanfics that I found was like, kind of taking a lot of the mood of the Arkham Asylum book where like the whole, like the book itself is kind of written in this sort of like 
trippy, disjointed way that's trying to disorient you the way Batman's getting disoriented. And this fan fiction kind of started out like that because, like, Batman was having a really bad day and, like, the Joker found him. And then, like, they, and it was interesting because they also went into the fallout of, like, okay, let's say, let's say for a hot second that they did, like, succumb to their desires and like let this happen what would everyone else say and the answer is judgment (laughs) judgment from the robins and from alfred the faithful butler um but that's the kind of thing that would never get written as an actual comic but is an interesting concept to explore because it's only a few steps further from a concept that is already being explored over and over again in the canon just for funsies, I really quickly searched Batman slash Joker on Archive of Our Own. Mm. Um, I have 6,653 hits. Yep. <laughs> and these tags, I'm dying. For yep. example, there is one uh, Batman slash Joker week exclamation point by Timmy J. Bird, where <laughs> included in the tags are, is this cannibalism question mark? And... <laughs> It might be cannibalism. <laughs> so that one sounds fun. <laughs> I didn't say they were all great to you. I said they were worth thinking about. <laughs> Here's one with Batgirl in the middle. She has to do both of them, so they both do her too. Oh my god. Um here <laughs> hand jobs Before... and unwanted arousal are involved are part of the tags here. You know if this fic takes place before or after Joker shoots her in the spine cuz that oh, there's, fucking, there's additional problems I hate with that. it. Yeah. I hate all of this. <laughs> um what else do we have? Here's one that is set in World War 2. So that is exciting. But yeah, like, you know, there's just here's one that just is straight up tagged boys kissing and gay sex. And and, you know, like, yeah, get get transformative with your (laughs) fandom, guys. First time blowjobs. Good. Yes. Okay. well, so people people are really reading between the lines here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it has to happen with it's the same thing with any of these bigger properties. Like my problem, my one of my many problems, of re- I don't actually read um, Batman comics. Like I did when I was a kid and I was reading stuff from like the 60s and 70s where comics just were more uh, standalone to begin with before right. everything became like the continuity. And um, the thing is I've never really found the main bat title interesting. And I know a lot of people do. And I know a lot of people are like devoted to like certain of the storylines that I mentioned earlier while running my mouth about the Robins. But um, the, the thing is because Batman is such an expensive IP, you can never actually do anything new with him because he still needs to be Batman. So he can never actually grow and change as a character. You always have to bring him back to my parents are dead and I am angsty, which is why Robert Pattinson is such good casting. Oh my God. I so just love it. I really wish that they would like just lean into it and get case due in there as like Catwoman or something. Catwoman, because then she can be gay and just spend the whole time hitting on all the ladies of Gotham. Oh, Oh, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. And Robert can just spend the whole movie chasing after her. Like we have a mission. She's like, (laughs) she's so cute. Look at her cat ears. Okay. So who, yeah. Like, Oh, I I love case due hitting on Catwoman. That's better. Right. Um, 
so but like so the thing with batman is that i've never actually really been interested in the core book i've always been interested in the side books about these characters that don't have as strong a reason for dc and warner brothers to keep them the same so the characters i like tend to be like you know, the little side batman characters like the huntress or like the one time for about two seconds that tim drake got his own book and his own like sort of identity that was bat adjacent as opposed to like main bat family or um the whole like birds of prey book where you know batgirl um had this like post Barbara Gordon Batgirl getting shot and then she was in a wheelchair and she became Oracle and was like super techie and she was basically like all of the information for the superheroes all of the time and that was interesting because they were able to do something um, new with her I think she shouldn't have been shot and um, sexually exploited in the first place but um, it's nice that they instead of letting her just not be in the books anymore to give her like a totally different separate from Batman identity yeah um, but like you know i like that oh go ahead yeah things like that where it's just the the side characters in the batverse have always been way more interesting to me because they actually have character growth and development and can actually do things whereas batman is just going to be static forever so exploring um, batman through the lens of like fan works or fan fiction or fan art is way more interesting to me because there are no rules because you are not beholden to a corporation And I think this is why Batman as a character and as a as an IP is so susceptible to Batman splaining because of how entrenched in the continuity and canon and and all of that that the character is. So people who are new to comics or new to the character or whatever, it's just like very off pudding like you have to really want to read batman to read batman yeah yeah uh when i started reading dc comics my mom like bought me the dc comics encyclopedia and i read that thing daily just to get (laughs) up to speed yeah yeah um so i guess the moral of this story is uh pay attention to how people are reacting to you talking about the thing that you like because if they're into it also that's cool keep talking but if they're like very clearly trying to like change the subject or not really engaging maybe you're batsplaining planning.